What's going on, everybody? And welcome back to Frantic Thoughts, the most unexceptional gaming and geek culture podcast on the web. In this podcast, we sit down and we talk about some of the highlights of the week to go into some news and we wrap it up with a topic. And I have a lot of fun doing it. It's kind of like a little bit of mini therapy for me. It lets me get out of all of my rambliness. So let's just jump right into it. And this week, we're going to talk about what's been happening with me for just a little bit. What I've been doing and what I've been playing, I've been playing Sonic Mania, which is the brand new Sonic game that just came out uh, yesterday, actually, of this recording. Uh, This game is actually really, really good. Um, I've been watching the previews. I've been following it since it got announced. I'm like, okay, a reimagined 2D Sonic game with the original art style or actually kind of a revamped HD-ified but, you know, still pixelated, like the old games. But widescreen has new music that's remixed versions of the old songs. So I'm, I'm playing the game, and it's actually a lot of fun. It feels like you would, like, you go back and you play some of the old Sonic games. You're going to sit there and you're going to think, okay, this doesn't quite play like I remember. And when you were a kid, it was really fun. And some of those just don't hold up anymore, those 2D Sonic games. I say Sonic 2 and Sonic 3 are actually pretty solid still. Go back, go back and play the original. I would think has some clunk, clunky mechanic. <laughs> Sorry, has some clunky mechanics, and um, doesn't hold up as well. But if you're playing this new Sonic game, everything feels fast, feels fluid, and it works really, really well. It's what what they kind of do, which I think is pretty pretty smart. You start off and on Green Hill Zone, just like you would on any other Sonic game, and the more you play into the level, the more you see, you see, you remember parts of the level, but they take the level and they reimagine it in a way that makes it more fluid and more fun to go through. And after you beat the first act, because, you know, each level has an act one and an act two, like most any Sonic game would. Um, once you beat the first act, it kind of changes the landscape and it's a whole new version of that level, which is really awesome because it, Especially with Green Hill Zone, okay? You finish the first section, and you do kind of a cool, brand new, as far as I can remember, Robotnik battle, or Eggman battle now, which I still say Robotnik, but, you know. Officially, his name is Eggman, which is stupid, but whatever. After you beat him, you go to the second act of Green Hill Zone, and it's it's really nice. It has, like, the trapeze things from Sonic 3 where you can grab it and you slide down and it has uh, you can get your fire attack and it has vines that can burn from the fire attack which is cool and the background is so beautiful it has like multiple layers of parallax scrolling so it just looks really 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 nice um, and then after you go there you can do chemical plant zone and it's a similar concept you start off the first level it has a lot of the similar things and of course it has the purple water that drowns you if you don't go in there and it plays that music makes you all stressed out and then uh after you beat that section um there is a really cool boss battle during uh the chemical plant zone but i do not want to spoil it if you're a fan of sonic you are going to love it. You sh- I'm pretty sure most people know what it is, but I don't want to just blab it out. I don't want to ruin it for you because when I saw it, I would, it kind of blew my mind. The The bosses in this game are actually really creative and they try to do some new things with the formula of the boss, boss battles and stuff. So what happens after Chemical Plant uh, Zone Act 1 
And it has that really good, I love the Chemical Plant Zone music. I have the original song as my ringtone. I've had it as my ringtone for, I don't even know, two, three years now. And I just love that song. I hear that song as my ringtone, I don't know, a few times a day. And I still love listening to the music from that. Also, um, I'm just going to note right now, I am recording in the daytime if you're not watching the video. And there is an annoying downstairs dog. So if you hear some barking, I will try to edit it out. But he is barking right now, and I apologize. So not much I can do about it, and this is just the time it worked out for me to record this week. Usually I try to do it at night when it's quieter, but here we are. <laughs> All right, let's jump back into the topic uh, at hand, and let's talk about Sonic. So yeah, but they do t- they do some really cool stuff with the boss battles. Uh, when you get to Act 2 of Chemical Plant Zone, it has some really cool mechanics in it that I, I was pretty thrilled to see. They have uh, these little like water sections right in the original chemical plant zone in this one they have these little uh i'm doing hand gestures if you can't see me uh, these little gel pads that you can jump on and i was they're pretty cool you can jump and they bounce you up and it's like goop like some kind of goop and there's actually these syringes you can jump on the top and it turns the goop like a green or a yellowish color and it makes you bounce even higher. And then they have like these little like teleport pads that make you look like a DNA strand that you teleport across with. It's super cool. There's a lot of really awesome things they add to this. And then you go to another level that's Studiopolis and it's brand new. The graphics are beautiful and it's the color in all the stuff that you see in the, uh, it's like they take all the best ideas that Sonic has reinvent it remix it and just make it a brand new game i've probably only about six levels in or no actually i'd say four levels in ish because there's like two acts so i'm trying to like contemplate that put that in my mind but it's actually really well done so far so that's just my first impressions of sonic mania i really am enjoying it and it's a little too early to tell but i feel like it's going to be up there as one of the best sonics if not the best sonic ever made so Definitely check out Sonic Mania. I think it's worth the price. It's like 20 bucks. And I've already had enough enjoyment out of it just for that 20 bucks. And I've only played for like maybe two to three hours. I don't know how long the game actually lasts. But I'm I'm thinking that somebody said it's around six hours. So I'm about halfway through. Okay, so um, what else have I been doing? I've been playing Minecraft again with a, a buddy of mine from the Cartridge Club. Jared, he has a channel, uh, Retro Revolutions, and he does some really cool console mods. So I'll leave a link in the description. You can go check him out. But uh, he kind of hit me up, and we just decided to play Minecraft again. And I, I, I used to play a lot with a lot with a pretty big group of people, and we had a server called Aradia. Uh, I did an episode about this a while ago. So if you want to hear more about the Minecraft stuff, there's an episode about that. I talked a bit, talked all about it for. I think like 20 minutes or something. So, well, we, we just had to play Minecraft again, and it's a lot of fun. It, the game is great. Um, it's just fun to jump into it. Um, what we what we decided to do is I'm, I decided to go ahead and get the Windows 10 version on my PC. I did it a while ago because they're, act, they're actually adding online cross-platform play, the Better Together update, it's called. So I'll be able to play with anybody on Xbox, switch and android and then of course the windows 10 version the version i have can all play together and enjoy you know each other's company what jared's been doing he's been playing on android and we've been playing together 
on this map and we built a little house. We started a little house. We went on a couple of little adventures, just uh, discovering a village and, you know, all this stuff. It was, it's a lot of fun. We played probably like not very many hours. And then of course I have, he's in New Zealand. So it's like a lot of time difference. So it's like, we haven't been able to play again, but we do plan to play again on Friday. Um, so that's just a quick plug for that. Uh, we're going to call it cartridge, uh, cartridge craft. So for the cartridge club, <laughs> we're doing Minecraft. So it'd be called cartridge craft. So we're going to just organize these little get togethers where we play Minecraft for a few hours together. Uh, we'll probably stream it. We might not, uh, depends on how, what everybody, fe- how everybody feels, but, uh, that's something we're going to be doing more often going forward, and especially when the Better Together update comes out, because right now all we can play together is Windows, Android, and Xbox, I think. Windows, Android, Xbox. Yeah, that's it for now. Uh, so that's almost all the platforms, but Switch players can't play yet until that update comes out. So when that comes out, we'll probably, maybe, we'll might buy a realm, but it looks like we can join up to eight people into one server, so, so I think that might be good for now. We'll see. But... I've been having a blast. So if you guys want to play with us, just let us know on Twitter. On my Twitter, it's Frantic Society, and we'll talk about it. We'll have some games. We'll play together. Sounds fun. Minecraft's great. I love it. So I want to just jump over to the next segment of the show, which is the news of interest. The news of interest. News of interest. Yes. So there's this thing that I saw today when I was at work. It's called the Movie Pass. Yes, uh, it is a $10. I'm looking at my computer. I'm a computer on at the moment. It's a $10 a month subscription plan for movies. So, oh yeah, I don't talk about just games on here, by the way. Sometimes I'll jump to other topics that interest me like this. <laughs> uh, movie Pass is $10 a month, right? So what it is, okay, let me, let me see. Here we go. A subscription-based service from cinema goers. Ours, okay, cinema, wow, this is a really weird, really, really weirdly written article. Okay, so basically, it's like, I think it's $9.95, and that's how much it is a monthly fee. And you can go see one movie per day per person. So say I pay $10 a month, I can see 30 movies that month. So every day I can go see a different movie, or I can go see the same movie. But it's a $10 flat fee, so... What the general pitch for this, the, um, let's see, I'm just kind of skimming this article. Uh, MoviePass CEO, Mitch Lowe, and Mitch Lowe is one of the founding members of Netflix, and this was his idea, and it says that it will increase attendance by 111% in it will have the customers buy more concessions, get more people in the seats, get more people talking about the movies that are out. And then, you know, the people that don't have this subscription plan can go and buy the tickets regularly because it gets the word out about the movies, gets the word out about the theaters. And then, and then you know, it's like a, it's a process and cycle that keeps going because not everybody's going to be buying the subscription service. So for me, I like this concept. It's a great idea. It's, it's fantastic, actually. It's a really good... Uh, concept it's good it's a good idea it's a good plan it's a good subscription service so what happens is movie pass you pay the ten dollars a month and they will pay for each ticket through like a mastercard service i don't know how they make money off this i honestly don't but uh i know this is just a new thing that they're trying out so 
It sounds really cool, but AMC isn't wanting to play ball with this. Um, I'm reading an article on Variety right now. Um, during a, an interview, uh, AMC... Okay, let's see. Let me go up here real quick. AMC three Theaters is threatening legal actions against MoviePass, a subscription-based service for cinema-goers. Hours after the company announced it will allow customers to see a movie a day for less than $10 a month, so $9.95. In a statement, the world's largest exhibitor dismissed MoviePass as a small fringe player and said that its model is not in the best interest of moviegoers, movie theaters, and movie studios. AMC's stock has been hit hard because of this. Shares of AMC took a beating again on Tuesday following MoviePass pricing announcement. So, yeah, uh, it looks like they are worried that this new subscription service is uh, going to kill their business or not. You know, it's going to completely, it's going to just defeat the purpose of them. And they're trying to push their own services. They have something called, I think it was Stub, Stub Reward, Stubbs Reward pro Program. They're trying to invest in that and push their own program and then here here off on the side comes this movie pass business and they're not they're not going for it they're actually threatening legal action for, for this so this whole this whole uh concept is kind of still up in the air they haven't officially done it they just announced that that uh that these movie passes are going to go live soon so who knows how this is going to play out i'm excited and um if it happens, I'll do this because I go see a couple movies a month at least, and this will get me to go out more, and I love seeing movies, especially the new stuff. I always try to watch the new stuff when it comes out. Um, but the CEO, uh, he's a co-founder, Low, uh, what was his name? Something Low, uh, co-founder of Netflix and former head of Redbox, here it is at the bottom, compared AMC's reaction to the blowback the, those home entertainment companies received from movie studios and video rental chains when they offer DVDs by mail or video or by mail or via kiosks, this is, this is his quote. This is so much like Blockbuster when we rolled out Netflix or Redbox," said Lowe. It's the big guy being afraid of the little the little guy offering better value to the customers. So yeah, that makes a lot of sense, and I really hope that this actually works out for them. So next up is oh, let me get this pulled up here. We got. Crackdown 3 has been delayed. I actually was looking forward to Crackdown 3. It has Terry Crews in it. It looks like a fun open open world sandbox. I played a little bit of Crackdown 1 at a friend's house a while ago. I remember how, remember how it plays, so a modern version of that seems awesome to me. Uh, here's the quote from Microsoft. Let's see, Loftus. See, this is a new way I'm doing it. I'm trying to read the articles as I do this now. Uh... I'm not used to it. I'll get better, I promise. Okay, here we go. Oh, wow. This is really wordy. Here we go. Uh, we want to make sure to deliver the right game with the right quality and at the right time. Crackdown 3 is a hugely ambitious game, and we want to ensure we deliver the right experience all the way through every part of the game. Whether that's a campaign, co-op, multiplayer, or our competitive multiplayer mode, Wrecking Zone. Getting the balance right between the three modes is important. We are going to take the extra development time to ensure that. Gamers can expect Crackdown 3 in spring of 2018. I just wanted to talk about that for a minute. I don't want to go too in-depth with this uh, with this news piece. 
it looks cool, Crackdown, and I actually appreciate it when devs are honest about why they del- uh, delay stuff. I think delays are important, and they're un- uh, an inevitable, inevitable. What? What am I saying? Inevitable for some games because they're so ambitious and there's so much stuff they're trying to do. There's multiple modes in this game. They want to make sure everything's cohesive. They're going to take the extra time and make it a good game. Um, I think there was Shigeru Miyamoto said that he would rather delay a game. Like, it's a... Okay, even though it's late, it's... I don't know the quote. I could look it up, actually. I'm, I'm just going to... I'm going to look it up. Shigeru Miyamoto delay game quote. Hey, I'm doing it live. There we go. There's like a gnat in my face. There's a gnat in my face. Okay, here we go. Shigeru Miyamoto quotes. Here it is. A delayed game is eventually good, but a rushed game is bad. Is forever bad. I guess that's a weird way to say it. I'm going to say it again. A delayed game is eventually good, but a rushed game is forever bad. Shigeru Miyamoto. Creator of Mario, Zelda, and other great games. <clears throat> so, that's a pretty uh, cool way to think about it. The studio taking the extra time to make the game fantastic I appreciate that. So when I look forward to this game in the future, I can say, okay, they actually care about the product. They didn't just push it out the door. So, yep, that's all I wanted to say. Nothing too crazy. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, delays are are important in the industry. I know it sucks. I know you want to play the game as soon as possible. But there's this is one of the best years for gaming in a long time. I wouldn't say... A lot of people say it's the best ever, but... Everybody, that, that's hyper, hyper hyperbole. That's like me saying Switch has the best launch lineup. I know it doesn't. Like, the best launch lineup ever. It probably doesn't. But for me, I was hyped about Switch, so I said it. So, I mean, 2017 isn't the best year for gaming ever, but it is a fantastic year, and there's plenty of stuff to play before it comes out. It's not that far down the road. It's only, four, I would say, in, around six months out. I know you were looking forward to it in a couple months, but who knows? I would rather play... A Crackdown 3 with a little bit more time in the oven that's more fleshed out and the modes make more sense and everything's more cohesive and the studio is more happy with it and it's more polished and all that good stuff. Because Last of Us uh, was a game that they didn't polish, they didn't get it to be actually fun uh, until the last two months of development. I read this article a while ago, a while ago. I might be uh, off by the time, but I'm pretty sure it was two months uh, they delayed the game two months, and that time, that crunch time, that two months crunch time, they made the game from something that wasn't, that was still a great game, into like a masterpiece game. So, delays are important, and I'm just I'm just happy when uh, studios and companies are honest with their consumers. So, uh, there's a couple of news stories that are kind of related, and they're going to go into our topic of the week. So, um... I have one random news story pulled up here. Uh, Deadly Premonition creator. This isn't... I'll I'll go into those other stories in a second. Deadly Premonition creator. Next game is a slice of life cat RPG. And then I I don't want to read all this stuff. I'm just looking at a picture of a cat and a human next to each other. And it looks like there's like pictures in the background. And it says, become a cat. Enjoy the night. So, oh, here we go. Let's do game's description. Where is it at? 
The Good Life is set in rural England's rainy woods, where a New York photographer named Naomi is struggling to pay off her debts. The town, it turns out, is populated by eerily happy citizens who turn into cats at night. The game's description continues. The townspeople aren't the only ones who get to roam around at night as a cat. Naomi does too! Once the sun sets, you'll get to explore rainy woods and collect clues and important items connected to the events of the story. The town becomes a very different place at night, as certain secret paths, rooftops, and attics can be only accessed as cats. The creator Swery says the good life will inherit the spirit of Deadly Premonition. So if you guys haven't played Demi Deadly Premonition or if you haven't seen some videos about it, this game's ridiculous, guys. Um, it's just one of those weird games that it's either you love it or you hate it. I have never actually completely played it. I played it a couple hours before. It's just so freaking weird. I just wanted to bring it up. There's a freaking RPG where you turn into a cat at night. It sounds ridiculous, but I'll probably play it. All right, let's go ahead and spin over into this new story that has a couple of layers and it's going to go into the topic of the show so we have no man's sky and, oh actually let's start off with I, I am going to talk about no man's sky amazon has only the 20 percent off pre-order games okay so when you when you have amazon prime you can pre-order a game for two weeks that game uh, any new games for two weeks are going to be 20% off. They are completely getting rid of that. So the only way you can get 20% off your games now through Amazon Prime is to pre-order stuff. So I'm just letting people know about this because I have Best Buy Gamer Club unlocked and 20% off is applied to every single game that's new no matter when it released. So that is a better deal for your money. But I wanted just to get into... Like, why? Why would Amazon do this? I guess maybe um, it will get more people pre-ordering. It will boost their pre-order numbers and it'll make them look better, I guess. I don't know. It's just like they're taking a little bit more value from Prime. And I know a lot of people use that, so it kind of bums me out a little bit. So we're going to come back to this topic. It's going to mix in with the rest of the topics. We're going to talk about No Man's Sky right now. Okay? No Man's Sky has been out for a year, so they decided to release an update. Um... This update marks the one-year anniversary of No Man's Sky, and a lot has changed, said Hello Games. This is the next step on our journey. So they added, they had two expansions before. Uh, they added some story elements, and they added a terrain editor this time, and then they added multiplayer. Um, so basically, you can get together with your friends and play. Everybody looks like little mini orbs and stuff. So for me, we're going to... I think the game is actually fleshing out to what it probably should have been when it initially released. So I'm happy that the people that love this game and actually enjoy this game are loving it and they have a new update to look forward to. So with that, we're going to go ahead and we're going to switch on over to topic of the week. Pre-order culture. Pre-orders. And my experiences with pre-orders and what I feel like pre-orders do for everybody, and if they're good for the good, if they're good in general. So, um, I've watched some videos on this. Uh, the Q Dogs had one. I'll I'll leave a link to that too. Uh, it was really well well told, and he did a lot of really good editing in that video. So I recommend watching it. My personal views on pre-ordering pre-ordering is I think it's fine. I think if you want to pre-order a game, go ahead. 
It's your money. It's your time. Do what you want to do. Um, but pre-ordering can bite you in the ass. It really can. Um, for me, this is why it <laughs> this is how, well, I can't talk. This ties in with No Man's Sky because last year I was super freaking hyped for No Man's Sky. For months and months, I would watch videos. I would rewatch that original trailer when they announced it at place. No, at I was gonna say PlayStation Experience. It wasn't. It was at Game Awards, and I think it was like 2014. I think we waited like two years for this game or something. They announced it two years early. It looked amazing. Like the graphics were beautiful. They had like this giant snake crawling through the grass. It had beautiful lighting. It had basically get in the ship. You can fly off into space and you know explore the universe. And the universe is yours. Blah blah blah. All these promises. And then the head of Hello Games talked talked up the game so much. Oh yeah, you can connect with your friends. You can build stuff. You can have adventures. You, this the world infinite. There's an infinite, infinite, infinite possibilities in this world. And I was so hyped. Like this game was gonna be my everything. And I think a lot of people were like that, including me. The hype train was insane. Uh, PlayStation pushed the hype train out the freaking door, up across the uh, across the street, down the harbor. They had hype. The hype train was going across the country. It went across the Atlantic Ocean and it went back around the world. That's how freaking hyped this game was. Every single time they had a press conference. No Man's Sky, No Man's Sky, No Man's Sky. It's going to be amazing. Look at all this stuff you can do. It's infinite. It's fantastic. So I was hyped. Everybody was hyped. So I go out. I pre-order this game. I had this game pre-ordered like three months in advance. I'm like, yes, it's finally coming out. Oh, yeah, new No Man's Sky. Yes, I want this game so much and i was looking at it so much i was so freaking stoked so i go pick it up pop that thing in there and i start playing okay this is a little slow all right maybe it'll pick up after a while so i'm walking uh i spawn into this world and your ship's broken down so you have to start collecting stuff so i'm collecting stuff collecting collecting two hours go by i'm still collecting stuff oh you need this very specific mineral it is 400 meters away. Okay, let's walk over there. Walking, walking, walking. Okay, I got the mineral. Go back to the ship. All right, cool. Now I can actually fly away. Fly away. And then you need like a warp core. So you need all these these uh, ingredients to make a warp core. So you need to go to all these planets. So it just started being like, okay, I'm going to this planet that has unique plants and animals on it, but there's not, nothing to really do. I can't build anything. I can mine and I can fight the monsters on there. And the monsters are cool. I can name stuff. That's awesome. Um, this game had some redeeming qualities, but for me, I played for like three hours, four hours. And I was like, all right, hmm, okay. I'll come back to this. So I came back. Play for another five hours. Just went between each planet. And this game was just... It, there wasn't much to it. There, were, there was just naming stuff and seeing new things. Which is cool. Discovering things in a world that's you know, infinite and unique. And you see this world. This is the only time you're going to see this world. You're probably the only person that will see this world. That's cool. That's awesome. I love the system. The systems are awesome to think about. Like It's so vast that this world could be... The only, you could be literally be the only person to jump on this world and mine this mineral and see this monster and name this stuff. But there is a chance that you might go to a world that somebody else named or see an animal that somebody else named. That's awesome idea. The idea was so crazy, right? 
but the game itself played so slow and so cumbersome and so i just say it's boring sadly how awesome that all sounds the gameplay itself and actually going through the motions that's what you were doing you were going through the motions you weren't i felt like i was just not really uh having a good time with the game and i was bummed out because you know i i was so hyped the pre i mean i had my stuff pre-ordered yeah i was so stoked you know so sometimes when you have uh i'm tying this all together guys I'm tying it together, I swear. <laughs> Sometimes when you pre-order something, it doesn't work out. That's what I was trying to get to. And th- that's a bummer, you know? But you take that risk when you pre-order stuff. Um, so, for me, um, I like I said earlier in the video, I use Gamer Club Unlocked. It gives you, you know, a good percentage off. But they have these $10 reward certificates, too, on some games. Select games. Sounds like an ad. I'm sure I talked about this in another video, but... The games I usually end up pre-ordering are those that I get a really good deal on. So if I get the, I think it's going to be the next one that comes up is probably Destiny. Yeah, Destiny in September. So when I go pre-order Destiny 2, which my level of hype for that game is like middling, right? So I'm like, okay, it's probably going to be Destiny again. But, you know, I'll probably play with a couple friends and have a good time for, you know, 50 hours, whatever. I'm going to pre Something flew into my oh my own hair flew into my mouth. This just in. <laughs> um, so I'm kind of in the middle of the road for this game, but I'll probably I'm gonna pre-order it. I'm gonna purchase it, and uh, what's gonna happen is I'll get the game for twenty percent off, so it's gonna be forty-seven dollars, and then uh, and then I'll pay it out with tax here in Texas where I live. It's around fifty something, fifty-one dollars, um, and then. Uh, in a couple months, I will get a $10 reward certificate on my account that I can apply to anything else. So if you take that, it basically makes the game $37. So $37 for a game that I will get a good amount of time out of, and it's almost half off, if you think about it. It's close to half off. So for me, I'm like, yeah, it's worth it, you know, to pre-order this game because I'm pretty excited about it. But um, Shadow of War is coming out, and I heard all this microtrans- microtransaction stuff. We talked about it last week. Um, and it kind of threw my excitement off for that game. I watched some gameplay. It looks really fun, but I'm sitting here like, even though I'm going to get it for that price, the 37 you know, 47 then with the certificate, basically, you know, I already explained it. <laughs> I don't know if it's worth it for me, you know. So you got to pick your battles. You got to pick your games. You don't have to play everything that comes out. Uh, I used to be like, like I used to freak out a little bit, like, oh man, I won't be able to afford that great new game that's coming out. But now, as I get to the point where I have enough money to buy games and to enjoy games on my own time, on enjoying them in my own order, I don't really focus on, oh, I need to get this new hot game that's coming out. I'm thinking, thinking, you know, I have this game right here, I've had for a while. Let's play this one first, you know. So pre-ordering. I get the hype train, trust me. Like I said, No Man's Sky, I was just beyond excited. It bummed me out because it wasn't really for me. And I know that game is a lot is for some people out there. And I know people are still playing it, so I'm happy that there's an update um, that adds some of the stuff that, that probably should have been in the game originally. And they added, apparently they added, I'm looking right here on my screen, they apparently added a 30-hour story mode to it. So that sounds cool. I don't know how it would work. Um, I'm not sure if I'll ever jump back into the game. I still own it, but I don't know. 
my impression of it is to is the point where I'm like, I don't know if I want to waste my time. I'd rather probably probably rather be playing Sonic right now. Or, you know, playing Minecraft with friends. Or playing I was gonna buy Hellblade. Yes, I want to buy Hellblade. I'm buying Hellblade and I am playing that game. I'm stoked to play it. I've heard so much good stuff about it. And it's only like a six hour game. Oh yeah, and I'm gonna play through Journey again. I don't know why I'm starting talking about this. I'm getting a little off track. <laughs> but anyway, um wow. I just slammed into the sliding glass door behind me. Anyway, I feel like I'm getting a little long in the tooth for this episode, but I wanted to wrap it up by saying pre-order the games that you know that you're going to love or that you feel like you're going to get your money's worth. Do not pre-order a game just based on hype. I know that's hard because you don't know what's going to be like until it comes out. And the thing is, for me... It's 90% of the time I do not pre-order. I will wait. It's nice. You can wait. You can wait. Okay, I listen to my favorite podcast or read or uh, watch my favorite review uh, reviewer about it. I mean, I'll, I'll pop on to Jim Sterling or Easy Allies, see a review about it, listen to Giant Bombcast or, you know, whatever, you know, to get my fix from people I actually appreciate their opinions and I respect their opinions and you start to learn especially if you listen to a podcast a lot you learn the you know the characters almost like you know the people that talk on the episodes and what they like and you can relate to them say so you know oh that person he likes this type of games I like similar games to them and they like it so I would probably like it you know it's good to uh, go into a game purchase knowing that you're gonna like the game and I know that's hard to do so best of luck out there <laughs> also you know i think that this amiibo and this short supply stuff can be bullshit sometimes uh like the nes classic uh being available for you know a small window then you can't get one and then like these amiibos that are very short supply okay they're short supply it's really hard to get them so pre-ordering something like that that makes sense you know because i want this amiibo I know I want this amiibo. I pre-order in advance and I go get it or have it shipped to me, whatever. Um, and then limited run games. That's another topic for another time. But, you know, that's not really a pre-order thing. But, you know, you get in there on time and get your game from from them. But, yeah, I, th- I think that pre-ordering is important to some smaller devs, though. I-, I was thinking about this recently and I heard somebody on some other show talk about it. But if you're a smaller dev and you're not sure how many servers you're going to need for this game. It's good. They take a pre-order number and they say, okay, 10,000 people pre-ordered this game and it's a multiplayer only game. So we need 10,000 people, people's capacity for servers for server load. So, okay. Say 10,000 people bought the game. I'm not going to, I don't have any examples. Let's just say overwatch. This is not anything uh, that overwatch would have a problem with because they, they're a huge company, but let's just say, uh, Oh, what's that game? Lawbreakers. Here we go. Lawbreakers. That's a good example. It just came out too. So say Lawbreakers. They had 10,000 pre-orders on PlayStation 4. Okay. We know there's going to be 10,000 people. Let's maybe make a 15,000 person server. Oh, you know what game would be uh, good to talk about this with? Friday the 13th. Because they actually had this problem. They had, okay, this is what we're expecting the server load to be. We had, I think they had a beta. I'm not sure, but... They definitely had pre-order numbers. So they take the pre-order, pre-order of 10,000 people. Okay, we have a 10,000 10, capacity server with room to grow up to 15,000. And then 
the game goes live, and then 30,000 people hit the servers all at once. The servers go down, nobody can connect, or there's a queue. So pre-order numbers can affect that when it comes to smaller studios. But if you're a big studio like Blizzard with Overwatch or Call of Duty or you know Battlefield 1, whatever, you're probably going to know. <laughs> you're probably going to know what your server load is. And most of the time they have those fake betas anyway where they just have people try the game out. Like a little mini demo and then they call it a beta. That's I, I'm literally rambling like a madman now about this. But I do, th- I do feel like the pre-order numbers do help some devs when it comes to figuring out server... Uh, like how many people are going to connect to their server on day one. So I feel like that can be pretty important. (laughs) So is pre-ordering good? Is it bad? It depends on who you are. And honestly, I feel like it's okay. And if you're going to pre-order, just do it, man. Like if you feel like that, it's going to be worth your purchase, just do it because nobody... I mean, you're a free person. Do what you want to do. Because <laughs> I, I don't think it's inherently a bad practice. I know some people think it is. I think that um, shorting stuff just to short it is stupid and a bad practice in theory. But, you know, pe- companies are going to do it. It's not going to It's not gonna stop. So pre-order things that you feel like are going to be limited and pre-order things that you feel like you're going to like and that you feel like it's worth having day one. Otherwise, some, most of the time, if it's a game, like a PS4 game, you can just go pick it up on day one. You don't have to pre-order it. You can you can literally wait till day one. The reviews will drop. You read some reviews, watch some reviews, listen to some podcasts, and then say, hmm, yes, this is a game I want to go get. Get in your car, drive over, grab it. Or, oh, I'll buy that in a couple months when it goes down in prices. In price, like uh, Agents of Mayhem. That game looks pretty fun to me. Like... I think I'll have a good time with it. I don't want it full price. Like, I, I think that's a, like on sale game. That's like a Black Friday game. I'll probably buy it on Black Friday in a couple months when that happens. So, it depends on the person. So, that's about it for this week's episode. Uh, thank you so much for watching. Uh, let me know how you feel about pre-ordering in the comments on YouTube. And uh, if you're on iTunes, thank you so, so much for watching or on your favorite podcast podcast app i'm also on stitcher uh if you could go over and leave me a review on itunes that would be awesome because i have literally zero reviews so far so if anybody leaves me a review let me know on twitter uh, at frantic society or you can just come over at frantic society it's f-r-a-n-t-i-c-s-o-c-i-e-t-y on twitter i don't know why i spelled all of it out i could have just said frantic and then spelled society but it is what it is Thank you so much for watching. I'm part of the Cartridge Club. So if any of you are in that club, or if you're not, go ahead and head over, head on over to cartridgeclub.org and check out the forums because they are a great group of people and they accept people so fast and they will do... I, I just think they're awesome people. So head on over there, see, see some people, meet some people. And if you have a small, if you don't have anybody to play games with, that's where you need to go, in my opinion. Or just hit me up on Twitter. I, I'm always down for some games, especially the newer stuff that comes out. Okay, this is going, and I'm rambling, and I'm pretty much uh, out of things to say for this week. So thank you so much for watching Frantic Thoughts, episode 11. I can't believe I actually made it to 11. 
I'll be saying this when I make it to 50 and I'll be saying this when I make it to 100, but I cannot believe I actually have been sticking to a schedule. So that's awesome. I, I'm having a great time and I've been loving making these episodes. Oh yeah, and check out my review, review of Night in the Woods. It's on my channel. Uh, I actually spent some time writing a script and I narrated it and I edited it together and I like how it flows. Um, I'm a little stilted. I feel like I read stuff better on this podcast than I did on there. But, you know, it is what it is. So, check that out. Night in the Woods review on Frantic. That's the channel, YouTube channel. It's uh, bit.ly slash frantic sub. That's frantic S-U-B. Go ahead and head on over there and watch that review. And uh, that's about it for this week. Thank you so much for watching. And uh, see you next week. Let me know what you think. I love you.